Now, I want you to turn in your Bible to Isaiah 54, and we're going to continue with our series as the Michael in our announcement said, shift. Turn to Isaiah 54, hold your place there. Let me give you a couple of thoughts that I want to reaffirm to you. I want to reaffirm to you February the 7th. February the 7th is the Sunday that the Dallas Cowboys are not playing in the Super Bowl. <laughs> February 7th is the day that the New Orleans Saints are not playing in the Super Bowl. February 7th is the day the Houston Texans are not playing in the Super Bowl. And so we're going to take advantage of that. And it's get in the game Sunday. We want everybody here. You, you wear your, your favorite sports team attire. Uh, it doesn't have to be football either. It can be ba- basketball, whatever. Just favorite sports team attire. And on that Sunday, we're going to, we're going to be motivated by God's goodness and grace to plug in on a whole new level into the ministry that God has for us. Look at your neighbor and say, we got to get in the game. We got to get in the game. And it, and it, you know what? Uh, in fact, I may tell this story. I'm going to see I, when, when you're up here and you're old, you, your mind goes and you think Fran Tarkington's greatest success came when as a second or third string quarterback, he checked himself into the, into the football game against the coaches instruct. And he just went out and took over. Uh, and, uh, before the coaches realized it, when they saw the first string quarterback standing on the sidelines going, he had already marched down the field and scored a touchdown. And so they said, maybe we should leave him in. Uh, Fran Tarkin and something on the inside of him said, I just gotta, come on, look at your neighbor and say, we just gotta, we gotta get in the game. We gotta plug in and really be effective. It's, it's fun to go and watch, but I'm, and, and a lot of churches just go and watch, you know, and, and that's okay. You know, we want you to come and see. But then we want you to go and do. We want you to get in the game. So that's, that's February 7th. It's going to be a great time uh, of, of connection with ministry. And we'll highlight some of the ministries we have here. And then of course, for all, let me ask you, do you know anybody that has marriage trouble? If it's you, just, you don't have to say it's me. Just, you know, anybody that has marriage trouble. Okay, they need to be at our EXO conference coming up February 13th and 14th. Uh, and, and I think that's right. 12th and 13th? 12th and 13th. Now, let me ask you, do you know anybody that's married? They need to be at the marriage conference. See, it's not just for people who have trouble. It's from, you know, I take my car to get it tended to, the oil changed and, 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 and all the fluids checked and everything. But we just think our marriage is just a rock on. I'll never forget. I never thought oil changes were important. And my friend kept telling me years ago, it's the lifeblood of the engine. It's the lifeblood of the engine. Well, there's still oil there. I don't understand. Why do you need to spend money if there's still oil? You need to change the oil. I just didn't get it. And how many of you know it costs me? And if we do that with our marriages, I promise you it will cost us. Okay, so we've provided you the opportunity to not only be here, and it's not just for married folks, it's for people who are potentially getting married, engaged people, people who just wish they were going to be married. Uh, you come plug in, get involved, and let's, let's make a big difference in our marriages. And then let me throw this out. February 8th, I'll be going with a couple of guys to Mexico, to Costa Chica, Mexico. We haven't been there in years. We've got some wells there. Uh, and uh, drilling some water wells. And we need you to be in our prayers. This is a place where we've not been in a long time. And if for some reason you would like to jump on board, guys, and go with me, I think we could get you on the 
on the docket. It's a Monday through Saturday, uh, and uh, we're going to make a difference, and you'll hear more about that. In fact, I think on February 7th, I'm going to ask you to help me get there financially because we need a little extra boost on this trip because there's added costs on so forth. So a lot going on. How many of you are still seeking God's wisdom in January? Man, I am. I'm every day. I, God, give us wisdom. God, give the, I've been praying, God, give the doctors wisdom. And they did. You know, just to be honest, the doctors here in Beaumont, they just said, we're befuddled by this. And they were wise enough. How many of you know wisdom is, I don't know what this is. I need to find somebody who knows what this is. And so I, I'm not critical of them. I'm thankful for those doctors who just said, this is befuddling to me. We're sending him to Houston. And man, I'm telling you, when we hit the ground over there uh, with a little giddy man uh, and um, uh, gosh, within hours, they said, we, I think we got this pegged here. Uh, and here's the, here's the prognosis and here's what we're going to do. I said, man, thank God for people with wisdom uh, and who, can, who can, uh, can help us. And so we need God's wisdom in our life. And so let's keep seeking after the wisdom of God. It's the primary thing. And so God is good. I want to thank Michael for filling in for us Wednesday night on the spur of the moment. How many of you here Wednesday night here, Michael? Amen. Did he do good? Oh, Michael, look out. You're going to take over here. They like you. Amen. Thank you so much, Michael. Isaiah 54, we're talking about shift, preparing our ways for greater days. Everyone say that with me. We're preparing our ways for greater days. You see, God has greater days for you. Tell five people. I'm telling you five. This is going to be hard for some of you because you're not sitting close to five, so you may have to get out of your seat. I want you to tell five separate people. Oh, this is going to make you uncomfortable. I can see some of you are fidgeting. Tell five. Okay, for you weenies, four people. Tell four people that God has greater days for you. Tell four people. Tell them God has greater days for you. You got to do four. Don't you fudge on me. Four separate people. Donald, what are you doing? Four separate people. I'll call you out even without my glasses on. Call you out. Amen. Now, did you see anybody who fudged and only did two? I'm a little frisky. I've been at the hospital. I'm. Man, hey, God has greater days for us. But we've got to, in order to gain those greater days, we've got to prepare our ways. I'll never forget, I was sitting in a missions conference next to a young man, by, he's about 85 years old, by the name of uh, Jesse Mason. He's in heaven now. Great Bible teacher. And there was someone up there preaching about sin and about, I mean, we're at a pastor's conference. Some guy up there hammering us about our sins. And man, he finally leaned over and me and he said, I guess we're going to have to change our trifling way. <laughs> and that's really true. I had to Google trifling, but I think I got it. <laughs> Amen. They, and, and if we're going to arrive in the, at God's best for our life and his plan for our life, we're going to have to prepare our ways for greater days. Isaiah 54, let me jump in. Sing, O barren, you who have not born. Break forth into singing and cry aloud. You who have not labored with child for more of the children of the desolate than the children of the married woman, says the Lord. Enlarge the place of your tent and let them stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Do not spare. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. 
For you shall expand to the right and to the left, and your descendants will inherit the nations and make the desolate cities inhabited. Do not fear, for you will not be ashamed, neither be disgraced, for you will not be put to shame, for you will forget the shame of your youth and will not remember the reproach of your widowhood anymore. For your maker is your husband, the Lord of hosts is his name, and your redeemer is the Holy One of Israel. He is called the God of the whole earth. For the Lord who has called you like a woman forsaken and grieved in spirit, like a youthful wife when you were refused, says your God. For a mere moment I have forsaken you, but with great mercies I will gather you. Somebody say amen. With a little wrath I hid my face from you for a moment, but with everlasting kindness I will have mercy on you. Somebody say, Lord, have mercy. Says the Lord, your Redeemer. Father, thank you for the reading of your word. And Lord, may you speak to us today and transform our lives for your glory. Everybody said amen. You see from this passage of scripture, we see that God has greater days. He speaks of the barrenness of Israel or the barrenness of maybe us as individuals, our spiritual unfruitfulness, however you want to uh, uh, interpret it here. Uh, God has greater days. He's got something bigger and better and more productive than you are. And, and we see from this passage as well that the word of God declares that if we're going to experience our greater days, we've got to begin to deal with our ways. There's some things we need to change. We've got to prepare our ways for greater days. That's why he said, enlarge the place of your tent and stretch out and to prepare for what God has for you. That's why we need to make some shifts in life. You see the word shift means to change, to transfer from one place to another, to change gears, to reposition. As most of you know, Beverly and I are in a big shift in our life. Uh, for years and years, we've uh, uh, just uh, lived a comfortable life and we still are, but here, gosh, over a month ago now, we sold our house and we shifted some resources from that sale to pay off our lake house that we rent out as a business and to pay off some extra... Uh, extraneous, is that the correct word? Extraneous debt and to clean up life. I'm telling you, I didn't get there the way Dave Ramsey would have wanted me to, but I'm getting there. Somebody say amen. And we're shifting, we're changing, we're repositioning, and it feels good. It feels awesome. And, and, and I'm preparing my ways for greater days. I'm not backing up. I'm telling you, I'm just repositioning. I'm not throwing it in neutral. I'm shifting gears to another level. I'm going to another level financially. I'm going to another level spiritually. I'm going to another level relationally. I'm not sitting around in the same old, same old and, and just uh, coasting in life. Woo, I'm shifting gears. Somebody say, you better shift gears, brother. That's what we've got to do because the God who never changes is always busy about the business of changing things. A couple of weeks ago, I talked to you about change. I said, change is this. It's inevitable. How many of you know the God that never changes is always about the business of changing things? It's inevitable. It's uncomfortable. Uh, it's verifiable. In other words, don't tell me you're changed if you don't, if you don't look like it, if you don't act like it. Things have to change. People have to see. When you see, when you gave your life to Christ, let me, where's mama? Where's the Williams? Did, did your you saw some change in her, did you not? Hallelujah. It's verifiable. Change is verifiable and it's biblical. God wants you to change. He wants you to be transformed. And number five, it's internal. It begins right here. If you're going to change out there, you got to first change in here. Can you, can you get that and say amen? 
I mean, you just can't change your external circumstances with make, without making some transformation on the inside. And then last Sunday, I was trying to save last Sunday for another day, uh, but I woke up in the middle of the night uh, with a dream about shifting gears. And, and how many of you ever had four in the floor? Come on, hallelujah. Man, some of you ne- don't know what it means to shift gears. You just automatic, and you know, and you just, you just crank it up, put it, and then talk on yourself. <laughs> Man, you can't be talking, you can't be texting and driving if you got a four in the floor. You shouldn't be doing it at all. Look at your neighbor, don't text and drive. Tell somebody, don't you be texting and driving. Don't do anything with your, I, okay, you got it. I'm preaching to the choir maybe, I don't know. But I shared with you last week about the clutch, the importance of the clutch. A little spiritual inter, uh, illustration. And I said this, faith-filled prayer has a clutching effect that allows us to shift gears and move to another level or shift gears spiritually. You look at it in Scripture, man, when they needed to shift gears, there was somebody praying. Faith-filled prayer is like pushing in the clutch so you can shift gears. You, listen, you I, I want to preach last week so much again. I'm gonna do Some of you just grinding the gears without praying. Hey, listen, you got to pray about these things. And when you begin to pray and, and God's grace comes upon you, it's like the clutching effect that allows you to shift to another gear to be able to change and flex and, 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 and gain greater traction, so on and so forth. And now we're here today. Isaiah 54, preparing our ways for greater days. I want to give you, uh, I'll just call it, gosh, four major shifts that I see all of us need to make in our life on a regular basis or at some time in our life. I'm going to share them with you from Isaiah 54 that I see the Spirit of God speaking to us, <coughs> pardon me, and, and directing us in. If we're going to arrive into our greater days, we got to prepare our ways by making some shifts. Here's the first one. Number one, are you ready? You got? You, are you ready? Come on now, are you ready to shift with me? And listen to me. I really believe in my heart today that if not one or more of these four major shifts are going to make a big difference in your life. If you will listen up and apply them in your life, they can transform your life. Are you with me? The first one is this. If we're going to arrive at our greater days, we've got to prepare our ways by making a shift from breaking down to breaking forth or breaking through. From being broken down to breaking through. Most people, because they don't know the, the clutching effect, they're always grinding the gears spiritually and they're breaking down and never making progress. Always troubled, always an issue, always in the prayer line, always in the woe is me moment. But let me show you what I speak of this morning from verse one. He says this, sing, O barren, you who have not borne, Break forth. Somebody say break forth. Break forth into singing and cry aloud. You who have not labored with child for more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married woman, says the Lord. The first priority, if you're broken down, if you're barren, if you're troubled, if you're traumatized, if, if you've, if you're in a place where you are hopeless, the first thing you've got to do is make a shift out of that. You've got to shift from this broke down mindset to I'm breaking through mindset. I love what he said. Hey, all you barren, broke folk, 
Why don't you try singing for a little bit? Why don't you just move from singing to shouting a little bit? Why don't you just get out of the basement where you're digging holes and get up on the mountain and start singing and praising God and giving him some glory for a change? We got to respond. And let me tell you something. This requires some bold declaration on our part. Some bold declaring to declare some things. A, a, a bold declaration of praise and worship. I'm singing. Somebody say, I'm going to sing for a change. He says, sing, O barren one, you who have not born. In other words, hey, if you want to break out of this barrenness, don't sit around and mullygrub about your barrenness. Why don't you just start singing this thing into reality? The first thing you need to do is begin to thank God for who he is and begin to worship him and begin to sing. And then he goes, <coughs> pardon me. Then he says, break forth. Somebody say break forth. Now, some of you are mamby-pamby worshipers. I know it because I see it. I, I don't, I don't peek much, but when I peek, some of you just kind of, <laughs> you're half mass worshiper. Lord have mercy. He's, he, he's tapping his foot. Holy ghost is moving. Hey, listen, you got to break forth. Husbands, wives, there comes a time when you get sick and tired of being sick and tired. Being in the same old, same old, realize something's got to change. Listen, it begins to change right here. And I want to tell you, if you got to get in the bathroom to, and lock the door and get in the shower, hallelujah, do something for goodness sake. Break forth. Cry aloud. I'll never forget, I got spirit-filled in high school. My mom and dad weren't spirit-filled. We were raised Baptist. And maybe that doesn't mix very well. My daddy wasn't very strong Baptist, so he wasn't sure who, what I was. But one, I thought he was at work or something. I'm in my room. Man, I am tearing it up. I'm pacing. Oh, God, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I'm breaking forth. And I looked, my door was cracked about that much. My dad was going. <laughs> Hallelujah. Before long, my daddy was half masked. Hallelujah. He's coming along. <laughs> Listen, let me tell you something. If you don't like being broke down, you need to break out. And breaking out has a whole lot to do with you. In fact, here's a scripture. You can look it up later. Uh, let me find it. I got so many notes up here. We may never get out of town today. Here it is. First Chronicles 14, 11. It's a reference of David. And, and uh, there was a breakthrough. There was a major breakthrough uh, against the enemies. And he said this. He said, the Lord has, has provided a breakthrough. Can I catch this? You got, this is the key part. The Lord has provided a breakthrough through my hand. I'm going to say that again because some of you are almost asleep on me. The Lord has provided a breakthrough. God broke through, but he did it through me. You can't sit around. In fact, I'm going to quote Pastor Ron Hammonds. I had it at a different place, but I can't wait. I, he texted this to me. Most people are sitting around waiting on a move of God. 
when God is in heaven waiting on the people to start moving. Oh, Lord, we need a move of God. God's up in heaven saying, oh, Lord, I need some people to move for goodness sake. To get up out of their brokenness, to get up out of their barrenness, to get up out of their problems and their pity parties and get up and begin to sing the song of the Lord and begin to shout unto God and declare the victory of God over your life. Oh, I challenge some husbands here today. You've been complaining about your family. Wives, you've been complaining about your husband. Stop complaining and start praising him. Somebody play an organ for me, I'll dance. Sing, O barren one, shout unto God. Break forth out of this stuff. Listen, if you want greater days, you got to make a shift from being broke down to breaking through. Respond to your circumstances with a bold declaration of praise. And here's another one. Respond to your present place with a declaration of future facts. You see, God gives the future. He, he declares the future. Did you know God has a future for you? He said, I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. And he declares it here in these passages of scripture. He declares future facts. 54, 1b, more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married woman, says the Lord. Verse three, the latter part, your descendants will inherit the nations. And make the desolate cities inhabited. Look all the way. Oh, man, go to the end of the chapter. Look in verse 17. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue which rises against you in judgment, you shall condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. And their righteousness is from me, says the Lord. He's What's he declaring? The future. God has a great future for you. You got to begin to declare it. You got to say, I'm not, I'm not laying down. I'm getting up. I'm not quitting. I'm just starting over. Glory to God. I'm not, hey, I'm not going down. I'm going through. God has a plan for my life. I'm I'm coming out of this mediocrity. I'm coming out of this depression. I'm coming out of these circumstances of my life. I don't care what it looks like right now. I'm going to sing it into existence. I'm going to shout it into reality. I'm going to declare God has good for me all the days of my life. You got to make that shift. Some people never do. You meet some people who call themselves Christians. How long you been saved? Forty-seven years. Well, you can't tell it by the look on your face. In fact, you look like what? You've been baptized in pickle juice. See, the new visitors, they've never heard that before. That's old as Methuselah around here. People just, you can listen. You got to shit, you got to make, I'm coming out of this. Amen. Whew. I feel that one this morning. I'm going to, my, pro, look. It's not go to counseling, old barren one, and I believe in all that. Sing. First thing, okay, barren people, sing. Okay, broken, broke folk. Broke, busted, and disgusted folk. See, some of you, that's a new thought for you. I can tell. Because when I put on my glasses, there's another old one. You look like a cow staring at a new gate. <laughs> 
My wife's not here to keep me at bay. I, I'm sorry. She's <laughs> she on the front row. I have to just keep moving along. She, she's there today. My kids one day, they, they came up with all the Samisms, all those that I gave you to already. And man, they laughed at me and laughed at me. I said, y'all poke fun all, your long, all, all you want. You stand up and see how many times you've got to make people giggle and laugh and then come to the altar. It's tough. Shift from breaking down to breaking forth. I'm not going to be broke. I'm going to break. I'm breaking some things in my life that have caused me to stay broke. I'm breaking through like water, David said. God's going to break through by my hand. I'm not going to sit around and sit, soak, and sour. I'm breaking out. I'm breaking through. I'm not going to sit. I'm going to sing and shout. I'm going to declare the future of God over my life. God has a wonderful plan for my life. He's got good things for me. He's got greater days for me. He's not wanting to punish me. He's wanting to prosper me. Hallelujah. Everybody's got to make that shift. Number two, I could preach on that another hour or so, but we'll move on. Number two, I see this happening uh, in this scripture that all of us need to, in our mind, make this shift. If we're going to move from uh, uh, into our greater days, we've got to shift from downsizing to what-a-sizing. You know what I'm talking about. You go through the drive-thru, 69 cents, you can what-a-size. It's an amazing thing. You remember when smalls used to be small? I just like a small drink. You get a small, that's about that tall. When you water size, it's like, <laughs> man, you can't even get it in the, they've had to custom make the cups to get it up because, because auto, auto manufacturers never dreamed that we're going to give us a cup this big. It's called water size. Or, you know, if you're, that's a, if you're a Whataburger fan. Let me show you, and let me just tell you, this is going to require some preparation on your part. Look at verse 2. Enlarge the place of your tent. Let them stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Now, so far, nothing's happened. There's been no breakthrough. But the scripture says, enlarge the place of your tent. Let them stretch out the curtains of your dwelling. Do not spare. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes for you shall expand to the right and to the left. Let me tell you something. You'll never expand if you're not ready to expand. If you haven't prepared your life on the inside and on the outside to be able to do things that you've never done before, go places that you've never been before, see things you've never seen before, you're going to have to do some changes in your life. You're going to have to change the way you think about who you are and change the way I used to have and I still do, I battle it I have these this mindset of limitation in my head about what I can and cannot do and I put limits on myself and, and I battled it all my life limitations in my head and I'm going to tell you something God wants to pull down those limitations out of our life and cause us to begin to dream big again and begin to believe God for greater things and better things than ever before if you're going to move to your greater days you've got to enlarge your heart before you ever enlarge your house and began to believe it and prepare yourself with a vision from God of enlargement and increase. A lot of people like Pastor Ron said are just sitting around waiting on a, on, on a move of God. People are just sitting around waiting on a move of God when God's in heaven waiting on people to move for him. Where are you in this thing? 
Are you downsizing in your mind? Well, maybe God just doesn't want this. Maybe God doesn't believe. Maybe, maybe this ain't for me. Maybe, oh, I guess I'm just, a, you know, just a little old nobody. I guess I, listen, you got to dream big. You got to begin to enlarge your thoughts. Like Jabez, I love the prayer of Jabez. Oh, that you'd bless me indeed. That word indeed means mega blessing. Some people when they pray, oh Lord, just give me a little of this and a little of that. I'll just be happy with just a, a log cabin in heaven. I just need to listen. God for his kids, he wants to bless us and bless us indeed. Jabez said, oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory. Look at, hey, somebody just wave your hand like a Pentecostal and say, Lord, enlarge my territory. Some of you Baptist folks are getting freaked out now. Come on, enlarge my territory. I'm not going to sit here in my small-mindedness anymore. Let me look at the clock before I tell a story. Before I ever came here, when we decided we'd come here, I'm going to tell it anyway. We love our little house on the lake and I didn't want to leave my little house on the lake. It's a beautiful place to go. You ought to come sometime. I was sitting on the dock giving it to God because in my little pea brain mind, I never thought that I could keep it and, and, and have a house. That, that just sounded ungodly to have a house on the lake and live down here. I just don't know how I can do that. So I'm giving it to the Lord. God, I give it to you. It's not mine. It's yours. I'll release it. And I finally come to a place where I felt kind of good about selling it. And I'm feeling a little better about myself. I'm, I'm not all hung up here. And I heard the Holy Spirit say this to me, clears the bells. He said, you can keep it if you want. What was he doing? He said, don't be downsizing. You better water size. And you know what today? That was, God, how long ago? That was a long time ago. Anybody remember? My family's all gone. I can't. You know, when you get old, you forget these things. A long time, 15, 16 years ago, 18 years ago. Oh my goodness. And today, that you can keep it if you want. Today, I make good money off that house. And I still get to go. People call me and give me money. I love it. I go to the mailbox. Ooh, money. I love to see God give me money. And today, it's not, hey, I'm water sizing. And you know, today, while I'm, I'm temporarily out in that little trailer house, everybody go, oh, poor pastor. Not a trailer house. A mo- uh, not even a mobile home. It's a camper. I'm not downsizing. I'm preparing for my greater day. I've got big plans. Hey, come on now. I'm not backing up. I'm pressing forward. Listen, you, hey, if you want to see your greater day, don't get pea brain mindset about who you are and about what God wants for you. Dream big. Think big. Because you serve a big God. He's bigger than your mindset. He's big. Hey, you can keep it if you want, for goodness sake. Amen. Shift from downsizing. What a sizing. Number three, here's another shift we all need to make. Shift from fear to faith. Now this will require some 
serious meditation on your part to meditate on the word of God. Verse four, he says, he'll make your desolate cities inhabited. Don't fear for you will not be put to shame, neither be disgraced for you will not be put to shame for you will forget the shame of your your youth. What's he saying? Don't let fear control your life here in this circumstance. Realize that there's some things uh, that you can move past and lessen fear is a paralyzing effect, has a paralyzing effect on all of our life. Faith moves us forward. We walk by faith. We stand still by fear. We get paralyzed by fear. But if you move from fear to faith, you begin to move forward in progress. Faith comes by hearing the word of God. You've got to shift from fear to faith. All of us have a few. All of us have a few little fears and doubts. Some of us have some big ones that have kept us uh, at, at point A most all of our life. We've got to begin to think on the right things and move from fear to faith. We've got to meditate on the law of the Lord. We've got to think on these things. Philippians 4, 8, he says, whatever is good, holy, right, and a bunch of other great things. He said, think on these things. Begin to meditate on the word of God because the word of God builds faith in your life. Let me show you three things that Isaiah said to us that we need to meditate on in order to move from fear to faith. And prepare our ways for greater days. Number one, we need to meditate on the person of God, who he is. Look what he says in verse five after he says, don't fear. Everybody say, don't fear. He says, don't fear. And then verse five, he said, for your maker is your husband. The Lord of hosts is his name. Your redeemer is the Holy One of Israel. What's he trying to do? Get us in contact with who God is. Help us to remember who he is. Number one, he's your maker. He made you. Look at your neighbor and say, you're fearfully and wonderfully made. That's what the Bible says. God made you. And if God made you, he cares about you. And he knows what's best for you. And then not only did he, is he your maker, but he's your husband. Now don't get wacky on me, guys. I understand something. What's he saying here? Because he looks at all of us as the bride of Christ. But what he's saying, he's not just your maker, but he's your husband. He's the one who loves you when nobody else might not, when everybody else might not. He's the one who takes care of you. He's the one who provides for you. He's your maker. He's your husband. And not only that, guess what? He's the Lord of hosts. He's in charge of everything. And that's who he is. His, and he, guess what? He's your redeemer. He paid for you with his own blood, his uh, the blood of his own son. He redeemed you out of the pit of destruction. He cares for you. He loves you. Man, we need to think about that a while, for goodness sake. And it'll move you out of fear right on into faith, just like nothing flat. You'll stop fearing because you know, he's my maker. He's my husband. He's my Lord. He's the Lord of the whole earth. And he's my redeemer. And oh, by the way, if that doesn't get you, he's the God of the whole earth. Think about that for a minute. Chew on that like the cow chews on the cud. Oh, man. He said, you need to know who you're dealing with here. Number two, we need to meditate and think about not only the person of God, but the plan of God for our life. He says this in verse three. Here's my plan. I'm going to expand you to the right and the left. That's God's plan. And your descendants will inherit the nation's. Look over in verse, oh, which verse is it? Uh, verse six, he says, for the Lord has called you. God has a plan. The problem is most people are grinding the gears. 
I have a plan for my life and I want God to bless it. No, let's, let's realize God's plan. What's God's plan for my life? We need to think about that. Well, his plan, he's going to prosper me, bless me. And my children, my, my descendants are going to inherit the nations and make the desolate cities inhabited. Listen, quit meditating on your problems so much. Quit meditating on your pain. That's all you think about. I know you're real fun to be around too. We just all love it when you come around. Oh, how are you doing? Oh, it's bad. And then when you get to hanging out together, you one up with it. You think that's bad. Let me tell you what's bad in my life. <laughs> you ever met those one uppers? They just digging the hole deeper. Come on, let's see how deep we can go. Let's see how pathetic we can sound. Let's see how. Oh, quit meditating on that stuff. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he, for goodness sake. I'm moving out of fear and into faith. I'm going to meditate on who God is. I'm going to meditate on his plan for my life. And number three, I'm not only going to meditate on that. I'm going to meditate on all his promises, the promises of God. Let me throw them at you bullet point real quick. He gave him so many promises, but let me give you four. He promised us peace. The promise of peace. He said in verse 10, For the mountains shall depart and the hills be removed, but my kindness shall not depart from you, nor shall my covenant of what? Somebody say it. My covenant of peace will not be removed. I'm not removing my peace from you. It doesn't matter what's going on around you. I promise you, I've made a covenant with you that you're going to have peace. You read verse 11 and 12, you'll find out he's made a covenant of provision. He's going to provide for us a house. And the house, I'm not talking about a house with sticks and stones and uh, and even these rubies and pearls and things that he describes here. I'm talking about a dwelling place of God. He's got a provision for us that man cannot supply. His provision is good enough, big enough, and and more than enough, for goodness sake. He provides us a whole new place and position in life. Look in verse 14. In righteousness you shall be established. I love it. You shall be far from oppression. For you shall not fear. You see what moves you away from... what, What repositioned you? What repositioned them here? You shall be far from oppression... For you shall not fear. When you fear, it moves you closer to oppression and problems. But when you face your fears and move from fear to faith by meditating and thinking on the right things, the person of God, the plan of God, and the promises of God, it moves you from those things and from terror. For it shall not come near you. There's the promise of peace, provision, position, and protection. Verse 15 through 17. It's all about the protection of God. He says this, I read it already. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. When little Gideon said, Ooh, I better. 
Well, my little grandson sat there getting worse and convulsing, moaning and groaning. Got down in me. Got right down in the middle of his business. No weapon formed against you will prosper. This infection will not prosper. And it got worse. No weapon formed against you will prosper. Amen. He protects us. We got to meditate on the promises of God, the peace of God, the provision of God, the plan of God. Amen. What David say in Psalm 1? He said, we meditate on the law of the Lord. The ones who meditate on the law of the Lord will be like a tree planted by rivers of water which yields its fruit and its season. Its leaf will not wither and whatsoever he does, he prosper. In other words, for if you get this, you've got greater days. We've got to move from fear to faith. Somebody's listening to me today, I hope. And then finally, we're going to move from these days to greater days. We've got to prepare our ways and make a shift from being afflicted to not being affected. Now, look in verse 11. Don't you just hate it when God's so honest? Oh, afflicted one, tossed with tempest and not comforted. Everyone say afflicted one. My son, the beginning of his music career, he traveled with Mike and Terry Lynn Weaver years and years ago as a little teenager right out of high school. It broke our heart and they took him traveling. One of the first stops was Church on the Rock, Texarkana. And it was an acoustic set and he played the box. If you've ever seen the box, it's a little hollow box. It has a little hole and it, and it gives tones. And it's kind of uncoordinated looking, but he's, he's a coordinated guy. And so he's playing the box. Terry Lynn's playing, my, and his friend Justin's playing, and they had a great time. The little lady came up afterwards to the pastor and said, wasn't it precious, that little afflicted boy up there? <laughs> that has nothing to do with our message, but I just thought of that when I read, oh, afflicted boy. She thought he was afflicted. God looks down at us. Look at that little afflicted one down there. That's what he said. Oh, afflicted one, tossed with tempest, 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 and not comforted. Then he begins to tell him, you can't stay there. Yeah, you're afflicted, but you got to move. You got to shift from this affliction to not being affected. This, this may require some more information on your part because you look at your life and say, clearly I'm afflicted. Clearly I've got issues. Clearly my neighbor has issues. 
clearly. And so this, this moving from this shift from being afflicted to not being affected requires some more information. Let me give you the information you need to, to know here. Let me give you some thoughts and insights. He's given it to us. He said, let me tell you something. If you need a little, little more information, you're sitting there in your affliction. Let me tell you something. I've been talking all about it, but listen, you have a heritage. There's a heritage of peace. There's a heritage of provision. This is who you are. You don't realize it, that you, but you've got an inheritance from heaven. It's not this affliction. It's eternal in the heavenlies. I'm going to take good care of you. You're not going down. You're going up. Bless God. I'm, I'm going to take good care of this. Hey, the, the, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. You have an inheritance. The reason most people stay afflicted is they don't know they have an inheritance. Like the little poor boy who decided years and years ago when he's moving out of this poverty of his life, he thought America, the land of promise. And he saved up all his money. He bought a ticket on a ship to go to the land of promise and gave all he had and he packed little snacks and things that hopefully would last him the journey of the long ship. He went down to the bottom of the ship and there he sat every day eating his meager breadcrumbs. One day one of the ship employees came by and saw him and said, what are you doing? He said, just sitting here trying to make it last till we get to where we need to go to the land of the promise. And he said, well, why are you doing that? He said, well, that's all I had enough money for was the price of the ticket. He said, son, you need to understand when you bought the ticket, it's all inclusive. What does that mean? It means your meals are provided. You just, you didn't know. No, I didn't know. That's the way we all are. We sit in our affliction and we go, just didn't know. I've got an inheritance. I'm a child of the Most High God. I've been redeemed on my way to heaven from Beaumont, Texas. He cares for me. He's going to take care of me. I'm not going to stay afflicted. Somebody look at your neighbor and say, don't stay afflicted. If you stay afflicted, you just don't have a, you, you're just ill-informed. You, you just don't know who you are in Christ. You got to come to the place where this doesn't affect you. Look what he says, and I'm going to close. Verse 14. Uh, gosh, there's so much here. Verse 14. Let me just read it. In righteousness you shall be established. You shall be far from oppression, for you shall not fear from terror, for it shall not come near you. Indeed, thou shalt surely assemble, but not because of me. Of me, whoever assembles against you shall fall for your sake. Behold, I have created the blacksmith who blows the coals of fire, who brings forth an instrument for his work. I have created the spoiler to destroy. No weapon formed against you shall prosper, and every tongue which rises against you in judgment, you shall condemn. This is the hair heritage of the servants of the Lord and their righteousness is for me says the Lord little key there this is the heritage for who the servants of the Lord you see contrary to the kingdoms of this world the kingdom of God it's where the servants 
get the inheritance. Those who serve will be blessed, will be taken care of. Everybody say it's time to make a shift. This morning as we close, I don't know where you are. It's right up noon, but let me tell you something. Let's take a couple of minutes. You want to take a couple of minutes? Worship team's coming. You stand with me. Some of you need to make the shift from breaking down, being broke down to breaking through. Let's stand up. Let's stand up. Some of you need to make the shift from downsizing to what a sizing. You've been living in your limitations way too long. Some of you need, you've been paralyzed by fear. You need to make the shift from fear to faith and begin to meditate on the person of God, the plan of God and the promises of God. You need to make a shift from being afflicted to not being affected. This doesn't affect me because I have an inheritance. With every head bowed and every eye closed, we're about done, but let me give you an opportunity make a shift if you're here today and this message hit you right in the heart I could go through every point and try to pinpoint the circumstances of everyone's but listen if this, if this message was God speaking to you about the circumstances of your life I'm going to ask you to get out of your seat come right to the altar quickly you say pastor this is something that, made, that God's speaking to me today come on come on Father, today as we close this time, Lord, may we close it with a moment of application at the place of prayer. Somebody here has been battling fear in your life. This is for you. Some of you have been struggling with the plan of God. This is for you. Some of you have been struggling with, I'm nothing, I'm a nobody. No, yes, and struggling in your affliction. Hey, this is for you. Some of you are broke all the time spiritually, always broke, busted, and disgusted. This is for you. Come on quickly, we're going to pray. And as they come, I'm going to ask some of our prayer team to come and rally around these. And let's pray together today. Father, we come together. And we thank you, Lord God, that you're God. Come on now. See, it's easy now. People are coming. You can come on too. Come on. Lord, you see these circumstances. You see the brokenness of our lives. You see the affliction of our moments. You see the circumstances of our lives, Lord. Today we pray, oh God, that these words from you would begin to move down deep into the soul of our being. Begin to transform our lives. Transform the way we think. I want everyone to lift your hands towards these today. Lord Jesus, we thank you for the word of the Lord. We thank you for the impartation of great grace in our midst. And Lord, we thank you for a breakthrough. Dear, I speak a breakthrough over your life. Alicia, this is your day of breakthrough. You just didn't wander in here. You, you got serious. You looked on the internet. You found us. You didn't wait for God to move. You started moving towards God. God says, I'm going to honor you today for that. I'm going to begin to give you the breakthrough. As you refuse to be broke down, I'm going to give you the breakthrough, says the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Let's sing one worship chorus and let's just seal the deal today. Let's just seal the deal today.
Thank you, Jesus.